Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. I don't want to just get smarter. I want to get deeper. I want to grow in Him, grow in wisdom, grow in my relationship with Him. You know, when you're growing in faith, you're growing in your relationship with God. It's not just growing in your knowledge of God. Knowledge is a part of it, of course. You know, how well can your relationship grow if you don't know who you're in relationship with? So the relationship needs to keep growing. You know, the knowledge needs to keep growing. But we need to be getting closer and closer to God. He needs to be becoming more and more real to us. And we need to be becoming more and more intimate with him. You know, that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for a bunch of babies. Everybody starts out as a baby. That's why the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. That's where we start out. We start out as babies. But then we need to mature. And how people know Jesus, what he's looking for is a bride. He's looking to have an intimate relationship with us, like a, like a marriage relationship. So we want to grow in that relationship to that degree where it's like husband and wife, a good husband and wife relationship, you know, a deep, deep relationship with each other. And there's nothing, you get to that place, there's nothing the Lord won't share with you. There's nothing he won't show you. And there's nothing you won't believe concerning him, concerning his promises, because you'll know he's right there. Because you've been practicing his presence. You've been practicing intimacy, intimacy with him. Getting close to him. And now more than ever, we, we need to be clinging to him. Isn't that right? We need to be clinging to God. And people know it's, it's, uh, it's a dark time we're living in. But the good news is, is that there's some things, a lot of things that have been going on in the unseen that's been in the works for a long time. That God has been working on. And so, you know, the devil, he's pulling out his, his, his best stuff now. He's pulling, out, he's pulling out his best firearms. He's pulling out as much darkness as he can. But man, does God have a light prepared for this hour, for this time. You know, I remember, I'll remind you of the time that I was, I was just praying here in the church. This is a, several years back. I walked into the office area then. I looked out the window. It was in the middle of the afternoon. I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. I looked out there. Actually, I don't think it was, it was children's classes at the time. It wasn't offices. And I looked outside, and it just kind of jumped out to me, the landscape lights. Those lights that are out there just pointing at the church building. And they're just sitting there in the ground, but they're not on. But they're there ready. They're all wired up. And they're connected to power and to a timer. And the Lord showed me, he said, that's how you and I are as the lights of this world. He's got us all wired up and prepared for when it gets the darkest. And then when it gets the darkest, the timer clicks. And you and I begin to shine forth with the glory and power of God so that his church 
just lights up and is that glorious, bright light on top of a hill overlooking the Gene Snyder Freeway. It's overlooking where all the people in the valley of the shadow of death are going up and down, back and forth, driving to and fro. But all of a sudden, out of the darkness, and it's kind of cool about us too here, even in the physical and the natural, because you, know, you drive down the Gene Snyder, you're not allowed to have signs, and there aren't these big, signs, there aren't these big you know, lights out there on, on the freeway. So it could get pretty dark out there going down uh, the freeway. And, uh, you know, there's nothing on the sides of the road. And then all of a sudden, there we are. Oops, what's that? Out of the darkness. Well, that's how it is and it's going to be in the spirit. And in the natural, spiritually. All of a sudden, who are they? Who are these people? Where did they come from? How do they know all these things? That's, that's what they said about Jesus. They looked at him and they said, you know, they, looked, they looked at him and they talked among themselves. They said, how does this man understand letters having never gone to the seminary with us? Where did he come from? Who is he? Pampino, you know, Jesus was in training a long time before he came on the scene. I got news for you. Even Jesus, the son of God, when he came into this world, he didn't come into this world fully ready. The Bible says he learned obedience Learned obedience by the things he suffered. So there's a lot of things Jesus learned in life. Why was he able to endure the suffering of the cross? Because he had been learning obedience through suffering all through his life. Just like you and I, the trials and tests of life, the things we go through that are just sometimes just annoying, just, just agitating, things to try to aggravate you, Right? What just seem to be the mundane things of life. You know, devil throws stuff at you. Tries to make things difficult for you. But just like Jesus, we're learning to submit to him. To trust in God. To be obedient in all things. To walk in love no matter what unlovely things are going on around us. We're going to walk in love. And we're growing. And it's making us stronger. If we keep looking to him, we're getting stronger. That's what he says over in James, right? James chapter 1. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Patience. James chapter 1. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all misery when you fall into various trials. No, count it all joy. Count it all joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. We need to be good at laughing. (laughs) We got to be able to laugh. (sighs) When things seem like they're falling apart. When it looks like we're falling apart. We feel like falling apart. (laughs) Falling into various trials. Anybody have any trials and tests? Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting happy? You know, the more trials and tests you have, the happier you should be becoming. Because he said, count it all joy when it happens. So if it happens a lot, you should have lots of joy. But you see, it's a joy that's a choice. 
It's not a joy that's based on your emotions. It's not a joy that's based on your feelings. It's a spiritual joy. It's a joy that's based on your faith. And then your emotions submit to it. See, we need to teach our emotions to submit to our faith. So that our emotions aren't controlling us. So he says, well, it's my hormones. You know, it's those, it's those crazy hormones. As though that's an excuse. Where are the hormones from? What, what are the hormones a part of? Your flesh. So if your hormones are dominating you, guess what? Your flesh is dominating you. Is that acceptable? Is it okay for your flesh to dominate you? No. So don't say, well, hor- well it's hormones. So that's, you know, that's okay. That- it's the flesh. You need to dominate it. And he talks about that in here, James too. He talks about how the tongue, we can use our tongue to control our body. Our tongues can control our body, everything that's going on in our bodies. So if our bodies are trying to get worked up about something and get frustrated and get mad and our bodies want to have a fit, well, then our faith needs to rise up and begin to speak. Speak and declare the word of God. Declare your faith. And get control of the body. You decide the direction your body's going. Don't let your body decide to decide the direction that you go. I got two amens. I wish somebody would get control of the rudder. Does anybody got their hand on the rudder? Praise God forever. Glory to God. You know I'm talking about the tongue. The tongue's like to the rudder of a ship. Well, bless God, don't let the thing just sit out there and be controlled. In fact, you know, I went out on my boat, and uh, the boat, I couldn't, I couldn't get the thing to plane off, you know. It was just doing this. I'm like, what is going on? So I, so I figured I need to get some more weight up in the front, so I let go of the steering wheel, ran up to the bow of the boat, and just kind of leaned on the bow of the boat, you know. And, you, you know, you, you, it's okay. It's not like you're going to go out of your lane or something. You know, you got, you got some slack out there on the water. I wouldn't do it in my car, you know. But, but the boat, you can kind of, you know, there wasn't any boats in the immediate area. But, man, all of a sudden that boat just decided, that wheel just decided to make a sharp left. And I was like, my Lord. And I had it opened up because now it started to plane off. And she started to pick up speed. And I had to get back down and grab that wheel. But it's just amazing. I left the wheel to itself. For just a few seconds. And that thing was ready to kill me. Don't let your tongue kill you. Defeat you. Destroy your life. Wear you out. Wear you down. You need to speak up. Speak out. Declare the word of God. Declare your faith. Declare what you believe. Don't just echo. Don't be the world's echo. Don't echo just what everything the world is saying, what everybody else is saying. You decide what you're going to say. You decide what you say. You just go, don't go by your feelings. I just, I just can't hold it in. The Bible says a fool vents all his feelings. But a wise man holds them back. Holds back those feelings. But a fool vents them. And the world, 
The psychiatrists of today, they'll teach you, you've got to let it out. You've got to vent. You've got to express. That's not the Bible. I'm, you know, I'm going to follow the proven book. Not some superficial educated person. You know, they, they got smart. They got smarter on the outside, but they got shallower and shallower. So like they're just top heavy, heavy just waiting to fall over. Now I'm going to get down into the depth of God's word. God's word is deep, praise God. Grab a hold of it. Let it take you down deep. It'll be an anchor to your soul. It'll anchor your emotions in the midst of the storms of life. You know, you think about a storm out there at sea, kicking up all those waves, all those waves getting tossed to and fro. And, and uh, you know, you get out there in a boat, you get, you get knocked around. If you try to swim in it, you know, it could be real difficult. The waves, if the waves are really getting kicked up. But you know, it's amazing if you just hold your nose and blow bubbles and go down. It's amazing how calm it gets down there. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of turmoil is going on on the surface of your life. If you'll go down into the sea of God's love, go down into the sea of faith, get down deep in God, get down deep in Him, peace, peace. Nothing's getting bounced around down there. Nothing's getting pushed around down there. Everything's just gone. Ah. And in him, there is peace that surpasses all understanding. See, it surpasses all understanding because to those that are on the surface, they see us in the natural. But we're not living out of the natural. We're in the natural where they are, but we're not living out of the natural. We're living out of a deep place. What they're really only seeing is the... uh, the telescope. What is it called? In the submarine? The periscope. That's it. That periscope comes up, you know. That's what they see of you. You're just like a periscope. See, that's what you see of me. You just see the periscope. But down below, down deep down there, is a spirit man. Ha, <laughs> ha, Michael Shook. That's a torpedo being released. <laughs> Down there in the spirit. Praise God. On the surface, just a little periscope. Down there in the spirit. There's the spirit. In there with the Holy Spirit. In there with Almighty God. Down in this deep place. This place of peace. Not being bounced around and moved around by everything that's going on out here. Sometimes, you know, you you just look from that place out here and you wonder, what in the world are people getting so agitated for? What in the world are they getting so upset about? What are they getting so bounced? Look at them all bouncing around up here. What's going on? Well, see, because you're not living up there with them. You're right there down in a deep place, just watching, just watching. You're out there, but you're in there at the same time. So you look at me, what's going on with these folks, you know? What's all this turmoil? 
And because you're not a part of the mess, then it's easy to see. It's easy to see what the real problem is. Honestly, it, it is something else to see even among ministers and Christians and people that don't seem to have a foggy idea of what's going on. Uh, it's, 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 it's very perplexing to me. And, and they're just kind of jumping on the same bandwagon and they're giving a spirit, you know, they're giving a Bible twist to the same conversation. They're just like squeezing Bible lemon on the same dirty dish. Uh-uh, and, 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 and it's perplexing to me. It's like, what in the world? Why are you even talking about that? That is not what's going on here. But people can't really seem to see what the devil is up to. But I'm believing God, that's changing. I'm firing torpedoes. <laughs> I said, I'm firing, I'm firing faith torpedoes, man. I'm firing Bible verses. I'm looking, I'm seeing stuff going on. I'm going, that blindness is about to change. And the, and, and the word of God, guided by the Holy Spirit, always hits its target. So it might look like that ship is still afloat, but she's sinking. Any ship that the devil built, my heavenly father is sinking. Well, that's what Jesus said. He didn't quite say it like that, but that's what he said when he said every plant that my heavenly father did not plant, he uproots. He's, he's uprooting it. So every, every boat he did not build, my heavenly father is sinking. But he needs you and I. We're an important part of his plan because he needs faith in the earth. He needs faith ships. He needs faith ships. He needs a faith crew aboard the faith ship that know how to fire faith torpedoes. Right? That's what he needs. And then he gets in there with us in partnership to get the job done. History has shown that nations, entire nations have been taken over by satanic powers. How did that happen? Well, it's like the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord sought for a man to make up a wall or a hedge or a a protection so that destruction wouldn't come upon the land, but he couldn't find anyone. There's been places in history where God couldn't find anyone, and the whole place was taken over by demonic powers. But I got good news for you. God's finding some folks. Now, I've already signed up. I've enlisted in the army of God. And I'm just allowing him, move me to the front lines, Lord, please. I want to be activated. I want to be involved in this thing. No matter what what it means, I want to be involved in it. You can use me. And that's the kind of folks he's looking for. Folks that want to move to the front lines. That are zealous for God, for his kingdom, for his work, for his house. To see his work accomplished. His purpose and his plan for this nation. And for the world to come to pass. God's got big plans for the world, folks. But the devil does too. Who's going to win? You know who decides? We do. 
We decide. That's why he said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. He said, I set before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. Setting it before you now. Setting it before you and your land. Setting it before you. Choose life. He even gives us the answer. Choose life. Then he said, if my people, he didn't say if everybody, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, watch this, pray. Can you imagine having to pray, God's people pray? Wow, you're asking a lot, Lord. If my people who are called by my name, Christians, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their worldly, wicked ways. Stop celebrating what the world celebrates. Stop being entertained what the world is entertained by. Stop enjoying what the world enjoys, murder and immorality and all these perverted things. Because how could you pray against something that you enjoy? That's called hypocrisy. It doesn't fly in the face of God. It doesn't work. It's unacceptable. Those are unanswered. That's why a lot of people don't get their prayers answered. It's full of hypocrisy. They don't want the devil here, but they want, they want the devil here. I like the devil here. This is fun. This is exciting. I like the devil here, but then, but then I don't want the devil over here. I don't want the curses. I don't want the sickness. I don't want those kind of things. Now, I like, I like the fun things the devil gives me, but I don't, like, I don't like the result of what the devil gives me. I don't like the consequences. I don't like the curses. So, so I rebuke the curses that the devil's trying to bring on me as I hug the devil over here. It won't work. It won't work. I'm just, trying to, I'm just telling you. There's people that will tell you it'll work. It's just fine. God's love. Everything's great. No, that, it won't work. I'm just telling you the truth. It won't work. So we have to repent of that. Turn from our wicked ways. Turn from our wicked ways. See, then I will hear from heaven. And 1 John chapter 5 says, if we know that he hears us, then we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. He will hear from heaven and watch this and will heal your headache. No, it doesn't say that. He will heal your land. In other words, you humble yourself and pray. You get things right. Turn from your wicked way, worldly ways. And what's going to happen? He's going to so move in your life. It's going to just like totally take care of you and, and go so beyond that that it's going to affect the land. It's going to affect the land. I said it's going to affect the land. See, Jesus, you know, he said when people were being healed and delivered, he said the kingdom of God has come near you. So we know the kingdom of God has come near you because people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. The kingdom of God has come near you. But what happens when the kingdom of God through the new birth is now in you? And you're living according to the laws and principles of the kingdom. What happens when the kingdom is in you? Then you're not just healed, you're a healer. You're not just healed, you're a healer. When it's near you, it heals you. If it's in you, you're way beyond healed. You're a healer. 
Somebody say, the kingdom of God is in me. Down in me. Looking through the windows of my eyes. I'm living out of the kingdom of God. I'm not living according to this world. But according to God's world. That's in me. Hallelujah. Yeah, so tell your body that. Hey, body, sickness, you got to be kidding me. Infirmity, you got to be kidding me. Pain, you got to be kidding me. In Jesus' name. I'm beyond that. I said, I'm beyond that. I'm in the healing business. I'm in seeing the, I'm into seeing the whole land healed. That's what God said he would do. He'd heal our land. Heal our nation. Which can then go from there and bring healing to the entire world. So we have to get out beyond just believing God for ourselves. It's time to step over into the bigger things. How many of you know we're the body of Christ? Let's not just keep seeing ourselves as the woman with the issue of blood. If I can just Touch the hem of his garment. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. Why don't we just see ourselves as the body of Christ wearing the garment? And people need to touch the hem of your garment. People need to get in the house of God. People need to get around the children of God. People need to get around those who call on his name or are called by his name. Well, that's another thing right there, right? We don't just call on his name. We're called by his name. We are recognized by others. It is obvious we're one of them. They're one of those anointed ones. If I could just touch the hem of their garment. If I could just get in there. We, we looked at a scripture not too long ago in Isaiah 40 something or other. 43 maybe. I'm not sure exactly where. But in Isaiah it talks about a time where the people that are in chains of darkness will come over. They'll fall at your feet. And they'll say, truly, God is in you, and there is no other. I mean, they know God is in you. How many people know? They're not going to know God's in you until you know God's in you. And how well do you know God's in you? How aware are you of God in you? We need to become very aware that God is in me. The greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. God is in me. And as we walk around with that consciousness, in that peace, in that deep place, out here in the midst of the sea, that's all turbulent, getting kicked up, people getting pushed around. People, some people don't know why they get pushed. They don't even know why they're getting pushed around. They're just, they're just getting pushed around, you know. They just don't even know why. Just kind of, some people get just caught up in the momentum of things. People just getting pushed around. People getting knocked around. But you and I are in him. Peace in the midst of the storm. Can you say amen? amen. Now, you're not alone. As an individual, you are connected. How many people know church? Church, coming to church is a part of God's plan for your life. God's not wanting anybody to just be an island to themselves. He wants everybody to be connected to his body. And so that's why he's raised up local churches. 
And so for this church, God's given us a saying that we are a church on fire, a house of glory, and an ark in the dark. Let's all say it together. Say, we are a church on fire. That's right. There's no ice cubes in here. We're not the first church of the ice cube. We don't have a bunch of icicles. People that are the frozen chosen. No frozen chosens. You can't be. You can't be. We've had frozen chosens come in here. But then you start seeing the sweat. You start seeing it melting, you know. You see that thing melting. It's starting to turn into a puddle. And you think, praise God, they're about to have a breakthrough. And they jump up with all their liquids and they run out the door. And they head for the freezer as fast as they can. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Frosty the Snowman trapped in a greenhouse. <sighs> but then there's those that allow themselves to melt. And the miracle of God's power blows in and raises them back up. And when they come up, they say, happy birthday. Uh, people with kids, they, they know what I'm talking about. That's what Frosty the Snowman would say after he was resurrected. When that, when that Christmas wind came in, right? That Christmas cold air came in. Just raised him back up. Happy birthday. <laughs> Born again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brought back to life again. A lot of folks, they don't, they don't want to allow themselves to turn into that puddle of liquid. They don't want to become liquid before God and become transparent before God. But that's what we are. We're a house, a church on fire. We're a church on fire. We, 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 we aren't just, we just haven't been melted. We melt things. We melt things, man. We can, we can melt hard objects plastics and all kinds of things get around it. We get so hot, everything just begins to melt as we're refining one another. We just make each other brighter and more valuable to the kingdom of God because we just purify one another's faith with our fire, with our heat. Amen. So we're a church on fire. A house of glory. Woo, Hallelujah. What's that? That's a house full of the manifested goodness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. You want to experience the goodness of God? Come over here. Come over here. How do people get set free? Come and see. Come and see. Come over here. It's a life of faith Bible church. Come over to God's house. Come over here where the kingdom of God is in manifestation. The glory of God is in manifestation. So we are a church on fire. We are a house of glory and an ark in the dark. Out there on the dark seas of life. And I got news for you, man. Back in Noah's day, talking about the ark, back in Noah's day, it, was, it wasn't just a storm. You understand the whole earth was being torn apart. The whole earth was shaking. There were tsunamis. There were all kinds of things taking place in the earth back in the days of the flood. 
But Noah was safe and secure in that ark. And the Bible tells us that that ark is a picture of Christ and how that you and I in him are safe from judgment. No matter what comes, worldwide judgment, worldwide catastrophic events, you and I are safe and secure in him. We're functioning down in that deep place. I say we're functioning down in that deep place. So it don't matter what kind of waves are coming. You and I are down in that deep place. We're in the peace of God. We're in the peace of God in the midst of all of it. And uh, this is what we are. Because we're in that place out there on the sea, we are an ark. We're a, we are, you are a, a refuge and a strength. You are a very present help to this world in a time of trouble. Because you and he are one. Come on. We're together. We're one. We're walking in his grace, in his ability, in his strength, in his power, his presence. We're looking to him. We're trusting in him. We're resting in him. We're living our lives in him. So now we are what the world needs because we are one with him and we all need him. So we're clinging to him. We're a part of him. We have him. We've become that garment that people want to touch to be healed, to be delivered. We are an ark in the dark. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 6. And let's look at the first ark. We're the last day ark. But here, I mean, look at what happened back in these days. The whole earth was flooded. Everybody except Noah and his family and everything that he brought inside the ark was destroyed. Everything was destroyed. Everyone was destroyed. Completely wiped out. And the Bible says that we're living in a time just like it was in the days of Noah. That's the time you and I are living in. We're living in these end times. And here in Genesis chapter 6, it says in verse 12, So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For because the earth is filled with violence. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. Some people know 
Our, our world is becoming more and more filled with violence. Becoming uh, more and more a violent <clears throat> place. It's really amazing to me what uh, some mayors and governors are, are, are able to get away with. It, it is absolutely astounding that there's, they have enough support to be able to even do what they're doing. To encourage lawlessness. To encourage, I mean complete, utter lawlessness. And yet so many people just don't seem to, and that's changing. But so many people have not been able to really see it, see the, see the problem with it. How people know the Antichrist, and we just did a series on it not too long ago, according to 1 Thessalonians, he's referred to as the lawless one. He's the lawless one. And Jesus said that the love of many will grow cold in the last days primarily because lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness will increase and begin to overflow. Well, are we seeing it? Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing lawlessness. And see, again, Jesus was talking. He wasn't just talking about this country over here because there's been countries where this has happened before. Lawlessness abounded, and there was a takeover of, of communism and atheism. It's, that's happened before. But Jesus is talking about this being a worldwide event like it was in the days of Noah. I mean, the whole world is involved. All the nations get sucked into this. All the nations get involved in this. He said, that's how it's going to be. He said, the love of many will grow cold. What do you mean the love of many? He's talking about Christians. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about folks that got the love of God in their hearts. And a love for God. A lot of them, their hearts are going to grow cold. You know why? Because they're going to be so connected to all the lawlessness. They're going to be so a part of it. Their emotions are going to be so intertwined in it. And they're just going to be getting kicked around, kicked around, kicked around, kicked around. And their mouths are going to be going. And they're going to sink themselves. They're going to destroy their own faith. They're going to undermine their own faith in the love of God. And they'll grow cold like the icicle. And they'll become a part of the frozen chosen and be useless in the kingdom of God. But you and I understand where we are, what's going on, and we're going to keep ourselves in the love of God. One of the ways we keep ourselves in the love of God, according to Jude, verse 20, he says, but you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. In its context, he's talking about sensual people that come into the church and worldly people and all kinds of things coming in that would try to seduce Christians away from their love for the truth. And he said, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So by praying in the Holy Spirit, you keep yourself in the love of God. You say, well, why, may, why are so many people becoming so delusional with, with everything that's going on? In, well, it, seems, it seems like so many people are becoming absolutely delusional in their thinking. How can that be? Well, according to Thessalonians, it's because they did not receive the love of the truth. And therefore, they were given over to strong delusions. And they were, 
they begin to believe the lies and all the deceptions of that antichrist spirit. But you and I are in love with Jesus. See, he's bringing us back to what we were saying before, intimacy. Intimacy! It's a matter of life and death. We need to be growing in our love for the Lord. It needs to be getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So that we're not living according to what's up here on the surface. I'm saying it again because you need it. We need to be going deeper and deeper, I love, so that we're not up here getting tossed and driven. And get to the point where our love grows cold. You don't allow your love, your zeal, your fire, your desire for the Lord to get anywhere near cold. In fact, if it even starts to look lukewarm, you've gone too far. You jump on yourself. If you're just kind of numb, comfortably numb. There is no comfortably numb. You need to be very uncomfortable being numb. You need to shake yourself from that. Say, I will not be comfortable being numb. No, 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 that's not me. I'm a church on fire. Forget Forget about cold. I'm not even lukewarm. I'm not even lukewarm. Right? Fire, hot, lukewarm. Cold. Forget about cold. I'm not even going to get lukewarm. I'm going to stay right over here. I'm going to stay over here. I, Pastor, I need you to throw me some coals. I need you to throw me some sticks. I need some stuff. I need some, I need some more fire. Give, can somebody give me some more fire? Because I got to be hot. It's the last days. And I got to be on fire. I can't allow my love to grow cold. I got to be burning up, burning up for his love. So when we're looking for it, we're looking for some fuel. I'm looking for some fuel this morning. I'm looking for some fuel this morning. Fuel from heaven. Douse us, Lord. Douse us. Angels, get in here and help us. I don't know what this week holds for us. I don't know what we're going to see in this world. But bless God. I know we're going to go out there as a church on fire and we're not going to get sucked up in the deception and we're not going to grow cold, but we're going to go out there and change this thing. We're not just dumb-like. We're going to just walk out. Whatever happens, happens. We are geared up. We are ready. We are getting equipped this morning. This is life and death. We're not playing games. We can't play church. This isn't let me entertain you time. We need to be prepared. We need help, and we need it now. Because we need to be fully functional and ready for the wave of glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. And we know before the wave of glory, there's waves of deception. There's waves of trouble. They'll try to knock you out so you aren't even anywhere in sight when the wave of glory comes by. We're going to be in sight. We're going to be in God's sight. And we're going to be ready. I said, we're going to be ready. We're not going to miss our moment. 
and be lamenting on the other side of eternity because we let this opportunity go by. We didn't do what he, he needed us to do. We weren't where we were supposed to be. And he laments and says, I sought for somebody. But they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. I mean, it happened, it happened in, in, in Israel. Jesus was there in their midst. And they didn't recognize him. They missed it. And he's lamenting on top of a hill knowing what's coming. He says, your enemies are going to come in. They're going to build an embankment around you, around your city. And they're going to come in. They're going to level you and your children to the ground. And he was lamenting over it. Nothing could be done about it. Jesus, do something about it. I can't. I won't be here. I need them to be here. I need them to stand up, take hold of what I'm giving them right now. But they didn't know their time of visitation. They didn't know their time of visitation. Missed the whole thing. That wasn't supposed to happen. That wasn't a part of God's plan. But it happened because they missed their time of visitation. He's visiting with you right now. This is your time. Church is vital. This is your time of visitation. You get in the house of God and you hear from him and you get what he's got for you. You don't just pride yourself because you went to church. You get what he's got for you. Because you've got to have it. And you know, you recognize, this is my time of visitation. Now sit up. Get ready. Let's get everything God's got for us. We're not time to play around. We're not time to play around. My pastor, that pastor's just a little too hard. You know, I think, I mean, he just needs to chill out a little bit. Okay, well, you, you, we'll, we'll see where you are. Down the road, sweetie pie. Well, this, is too, this was too much for you. This was too much for you. Well, we'll see, what, we'll see what's too much for you. What the devil's got in store for you is going to be too much for you, honey. Not the word of God. Don't you change that channel. <laughs> you know you need this. Notice what the Lord says here. He looked upon the earth. He's looking. We know what he's looking for. The eyes of the uh, the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth. What does he search for? Those whose hearts are loyal to him. Those whose hearts are fully committed to him. This isn't what he wanted to see. He's looking for somebody. And the earth was corrupt. Just full of corruption. That word corrupt means crooked, dishonest, dishonest. It's very strange. This morning, this is very strange. And this is a song I haven't heard since heathen days as a, as a very young man out in the world. But this song just, these words from the lyrics from this song from Billy Joel called Honesty. And these words just kept, oh, the morning, I'm getting ready. And these words keep coming, Honesty. Is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. It just I kept coming up. Like, why in the world is this song coming up? Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. How true that is in so many places on the earth. God looks and he sees a dis honest earth. He sees people that are totally dishonest, corrupt, crooked. It also means immoral, that word corrupt. 
immoral, to pervert. Everybody perverting their ways. Then it also means ruin, spoil, be rotten or rotted, injured, spoil, ruin, destroyed. So notice notice what it says here. It says, so God looked upon the earth, verse 12. Indeed, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Now notice how God said that. The end of all flesh has come. It has come. Noah was like 500-something years old when God said that. But the end didn't actually come until he was 600-something years old. There's another 100 years. Because it took him 100 years to build the ark. So God shows up and says, the end has come. That's how Noah lived from that point on. We're in it now. We're there. And he begins to build this boat. Takes 100 years. 100 years to build it. But yet in God's eyes, it's come. It's done. But the earth was given an extension so that Noah had time to be ready. To be ready for what's coming. Think about it. The weather was being, bad weather, was being held back. The curse that would affect the entire earth was being held back because of one man getting ready. What happens if Noah said, ah, I'm a busy man. I got places to go, people to see. And he couldn't find another Noah. Because he could have, there would have been, he would have been in the boat with Noah. So obviously he couldn't find. So, so what happens now? It just comes. Because God's ready. He says, the end has come. But it didn't happen until Noah was ready because Noah was getting ready. So Noah is be, Noah being prepared and building and being diligent day in and day out. Held the curse back from the entire earth. Think about that. I believe that's how it is right now. There are things that are being held back and will be held back as long as you and I are getting ourselves ready. We're getting things built and ready for God. We're getting our lives, our faith, our house, the house of God in order. We're getting it, we're getting it ready for Him. But if we don't care, then why hold it back anymore? Just let the enemy just run through the planet and take over. But he can't. Because we're doing our part. We're doing our part. So notice that. He was obedient. It says that, uh, it actually says in Genesis uh, chapter 6 verse 22. Thus Noah did. I love that. Noah did. According to all that God commanded him, so he did. He says it again. He did it. <laughs> Praise God. Noah did it. You ought to be glad he did it. Because we wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for Noah doing it. God might have had to just let the whole earth just be wiped out and create some other kind of being on another planet somewhere. See, in order to get his plan going. No, thank God the human race was spared because of one man. Think about that. The human race was spared because of one man. 
He did it. He was obedient. He obeyed God. And he got the ark ready in the midst of a very corrupt world. Very corrupt world. A world that was filled with violence. The Lord said, I will destroy them with the earth. See, man's behavior affects not just himself, but it affects the earth. It actually affects the planet. Man's behavior. It affects the planet. Someone just reminded me the other day. uh, They were listening to that series that I did, living in a a sex-craved society, you know. And they said, man, they said, have you listened to that lately? I said, no, I haven't. I did it back in 2013. But they brought to my attention some of the things I said there that I said in there, in that first first CD. I was saying that civil unrest is coming. It's going to happen. And I was saying a lot of things that are actually happening right now. Because the Bible tells us sexual immorality, perversion, corruption. It affects the very weather. It affects the very earth. It's, It's what's responsible for the earthquakes. It's what's responsible for the tsunamis. It's what's responsible for the tornadoes. It's men corrupting their ways so that the whole earth is filled with violence. Not just humans, but the earth is violent. Violence is getting everything. Why? Because man has been given dominion over the earth to rule over the earth. And so when man yields himself to the devil, who's a destroyer, Filled with violence and rage, then the whole earth becomes filled with violence and rage and is destroyed. It becomes ruined. Things are left in ruins. Remember we talked about last time, the prophet Haggai. How the prophet Haggai over in chapter 1, he was talking about how God's people were saying, it's not time to build God's house. It's not time for that. And everyone's going about running to their own homes and nobody's concerned about God's purpose, God's plan, getting the ark built. Getting the ark, just like building the ark. Getting God's house built, you know, it's just like Noah getting the ark built. Did, did you hear what I said? Build, building God's house is the same thing as Noah building the ark. It's life and death. It's, it's sink or swim and then drown. That's, that, that's what it is, without the ark. Without the ark. So Noah's family, you know, they all could have been like, Dad, can we just go jump in a lake today? Do we have to build? Do we have to build? They got busy. I said, they got busy. But anyway... You remember what I said over there in verse 11. Because they weren't taking care of God's house and getting it built, he says, so I called for a drought on the land. They're not getting the house built. Caused a drought to come on the land. It affected the land. See, we're the ones with dominion over the land. See, the wicked, they have forfeited their dominion. But you and I have regained it by believing on Jesus. We got dominion again in the name of Jesus. So we're not victims. We're not victims. We got dominion over this city. And over the weather. 
And what goes on in this city? And what goes on in this land? We're here. And these things have to submit to us because they submit to the name of Jesus. And so when we're out doing God's business, man, we're walking in his authority. And it's going to affect, it's going to hold curses back. It's going to hold destruction back. But then if we're not going to be about the Father's business, then notice what happens. He says in verse 11, I called for a drought on the land and the, and, and the mountains, on the grain and on the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, on all the labor of your hands. In other words, everything was now being influenced by the curse. All these curses were coming. All these curses were coming because they weren't busy about what God had called them to do. Are you busy about what God's called you to do? How many people are in the boat? If your mouth can't get in the boat, it's doubtful your body can get in the boat. And I got no if you intimidate about the person next to you here and you say, amen, yes, count me in. Then, friend, the intimidation that's coming out there in the world is going to drown you big time. So I think it's time to open our mouth and declare whether we're in the boat or not. I just need some help. I, I, just, I, just, can't, I just can't go home until I get some help. Somebody say, we're going to get the job done. He says in verse 9 of chapter 2, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah, I believe that. I believe the glory of this latter temple, of this latter house, shall be greater than anything the world has ever seen with the exception of Jesus Christ himself walking on this earth. We're a part of that house. I said, we're a part of that house. It's not just this house. There's got to be more. But thank God we're a part of this worldwide house of glory, a house of glory that God is building in these last days. An ark in the dark on the sea of turmoil. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord this morning. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.